Following Christ is not for the faint of heart. Striving to be a kingdom man isn't about packing up and taking a vacation. It's about getting your mind right, your gear packed, and heading into war. It's more important now than ever before to stand up for what's right and just in the eyes of the Lord and seek His truth. This ain't a cruise ship, fellas. It's a battleship. So buckle up and get ready for the truth, the uncomfortable truth. Hello and welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. We are thankful to have you today. If you would, help us by hitting those subscribe, share, leave a review, those buttons at the bottom. Those really help us reach more people for Jesus. We count you as a team member on this team if you listen, and we're thankful for you. We don't know all your names. We wish we did, um, but we're, we're thankful for you, and uh, we're all on the same team, and that team is to share the word of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. So that would tremendously help us out. Guys, uh, uncomfortableness. We usually have an a uncomfortable intro. I've got one. Okay. Well, here we go, Obi. Yeah. Um, it just dawned on me. I like so, it. Last let's, night, let's go. I'm teaching fifth and sixth graders uh, at church. We're talking about the – so we have a question of the week every week. And – our question of the week this week was, what evidence do we have that the Bible is true? And so I always kind of break down the question for them, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, what does evidence mean? And, you know, all the kids raise their hand. There's usually about 50 kids. I got, oh, a, man. I got a good, pretty good group. And um, the first kid raises his hand and he says, clues you know evidence is like clues and i'm like yeah that's 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 right you know and, and anybody else have a different definition of evidence you know and another kid raises his hand it's like like uh you know facts of a case he says and i'm like yeah i said that's great you know like a like a investigation it's like the facts of the investigation and then this little girl over here she's got her hand raised I'm like what do you think evidence is and without missing a beat and, and I've got to preface by saying we don't have cell phones. No kids can, like, Google, you know. or This, pull is, this is old school. This is straight up, you know, what I think what yeah. I think evidence is. Love it. Um, evidence is the details that are collected during a hypothesis of a foregone conclusion to ultimately <laughs> uh, to an ultimately – or what did she say? Evidence – Evidence is the details collected of a hypothesis of a foregone conclusion um, to an ultimate truth. <laughs> and, and I, and I been said, in science class that I day? said, well, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> what with that? What? Evidence is the details collected in a hypothesis of a foregone conclusion to an ultimate truth. Did you just say amen? I said, um... Is that the Webster Dictionary <laughs> definition? <laughs> Would you like to teach I, class? I've got three adults in the back looking like she's right. <laughs> <laughs> they're on their they're on their phones, they're right? right. <laughs> like oh, the word for word. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very uncomfortable moment That's for me awesome. because I was not prepared for that. You just went from fifth and sixth grade teaching to like, uh, am I the right teacher for this class? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that reminds me, man. The other day, so we started practice for my oldest daughter's softball team if our first practice was Monday and the first thing whether I'm coaching t-ball 
or I'm coaching seven and eight year olds, or I'm coaching in this case, 13 to 16 year olds. Young the ladies. first thing we do is throw and learn how to warm up properly. And the second thing that we always do is I bring them in in a circle and we say our names because we got in, in any sport, it's good to communicate. And if you know your teammates' names, you must know their names so that you can communicate. Also, it's just a good human thing to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So we go around the circle and I, you know, say your name and what school you go to. So here we go. You know, Emma, Tamala, Miller, Heidi, and so on and so forth. There's, there's 14 of us, including coaches. And I start reaching in my pockets. I love to do this with money. So if if you can name after one time, if you can name all the everybody's name, including coaches, I give you five bucks. <laughs> so raise your hand if you can do five. So we we'll get a, a volunteer, and she names five. She names six, and then the next girl said, "Okay, I'm up," and she proceeds. We've only said our name once. No, she proceeds to name everybody on that team. They don't go to the same schools. Wow. The entire team. The entire team and coaches. That's pretty awesome. I think you're, you're going to need to bump that up. That needs to be like a 20 spot. Yeah, that, that was impressive. It makes me think about uh, the movie Goodwill Hunting. Uh-huh. When I like them apples. Yeah. When, when Will is telling his girlfriend the names of all 13 of his brothers. Uh, well, he says he has 13 brothers and she doesn't believe him. And she's like, tell me their names. Do you know their names? Tell me. And he spouts off all 13 names, just boom, 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 boom. Ricky, Johnny, Jim, da, 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 you know, yeah. tells all 13 names. And she's like, do it again in the same order, you know? <laughs> and, and he does it again in the same order. Did he really have 13 brothers? Uh, no, that, he, no he, 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 was, he was just lying. Brothers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no brothers. That's what I thought. <laughs> I got a number. I like them apples. That's a great movie. I'll open this up in prayer, and then Brandon's going to get us started. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity just to talk about you, God, and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I, I thank you for uh, your word and your Holy Spirit and how it guides us. Lord, we thank you for our pres- your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that you guide us in a direction today to lead others closer to you, to be a light for you. Lord, we love you, and we lift you up. Amen. 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 So... We're recording today, and it is March 3rd, 2022, so you may hear this, you know, a couple weeks, a month later, and there's a lot going on in the world today, as there has been for quite some time, and I'm not going to get into those details or what my opinion is, because it does not matter. I don't care. Now, all of you listening are going, oh my gosh, how can you not care about what's going on in the world? I do care about people. And I do care people know about Jesus. That's what I care about. Can I argue with you about what I believe politically? Sure, I could. Can I argue with you about what I believe about Putin? Sure, I could. But I want to go back to the Bible. All of us have young kids that uh, we're getting the opportunity to raise in our homes. And if you are growing up, in a home or you're a parent who has children in a home and you are getting them around Jesus as often as possible and you're fortunate enough to know they know Jesus, it becomes very clear that they have a much more clear connection to Jesus than we do as adults. And I've tried to really think about why that is. 
And the reality is that I've come up with is that they aren't com- they don't have convoluted thoughts to to wade through. That makes sense. They don't have enough. They don't know too much, and it's a good thing. They know what they know. They know Jesus is in their heart, and they know how to simply express that. They know this that he is the beginning and the end. That's it. He's the alpha and the omega. They know that nothing in between that beginning and end, which is infinite, surprises him. And they keep it that simple. If you don't believe me and you have a, you have a child that knows Jesus, just ask him a few questions. Hey, what do you think about God's love? You're going to have this deep, thoughtful diatribe, if that's even a word, I don't know. You're going to have this dialogue going on in your head about what you would say, and they're going to break it down to you in about one sentence. That's going to floor you because <laughs> it is that simple. So I wanted to just bring into light why is it that simple, but also tell you that Jesus' love for us is something that we could never really comprehend. I don't think we can ever fully grasp how much we are loved by our Heavenly Father. So in the beginning, guys, Genesis what was God's original, and this is a question for you guys, what was God's original intention after he created the heavens and the earth? He created Adam, which was known for man. What was his original intention when Adam and Eve were created? Rel- the, relationship? Yeah, for them to live in the garden and in pure peace and perfection. Were they originally created in his image? Yes. Yes. And in his image, this is Brandon Gauss are talking now, not like pulling from scripture. Sure. In his image, in my mind, he knew that if he did not give them free will. Because he had, because God has it. In my right. head. Okay. That's where, I, you know, they had to have a choice to choose him. Okay. So he gave them some very basic instructions. Well, he had already made the. Had he already made the animals? Yes. Okay. Yes, because remember, he Adam, already made something that just is what it is, the right? Fish, that, the that, creatures that of the land. That rely on God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That and don't. Then, do, they, do animals have free will? Nope. They they have, well, I guess you could say they do in the sense that they do whatever their instincts tell them to do. Mm. But they don't know right from wrong. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Nobody gets mad at a, a lion for killing a zebra right that's right exactly so god gave adam the ability to name these these creatures right but he also told adam and eve he gave them one very specific instruction to not do what eat from the tree of life mm-hmm. and then who are we introduced to or some form of the devil the devil <clears throat> everything's okay. the devil to you mama <laughs> yeah, I know what movie that's from. Is that uh, <laughs> be Water Boy? Water, water Boy. Yes. I like school. <laughs> and I like Vicky. This was okay, not I'm a stock okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, water Boy was not in Genesis. <laughs> 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 we just want y'all to know we're real and we can have fun. Mandula obligata. Mandula obligata. Mercy. Okay. Is, sorry, I got to stop. <laughs> yeah, stop. So we're introduced to the potential of deception. Okay, and and here's the point I'm I'm gonna bring home, and I want you to remember the beginning and the end. So, <clears throat> just so everybody's following, I guess it's God creates man, God creates woman, um, 
we're introduced to free will. Mm-hmm. God enters the devil into the equation, mm-hmm. and that's where we stand. So we're that's where we're standing. And the devil has all these sweet nothings to whisper in Adam and Eve's ear, right? Right. Okay. Can we relate that to today? Oh, yeah. All day, every day. Yeah. Okay. I think a piece that is either intentionally or unintentionally occurring and has been forever is that we don't really tell the truth about what the Bible says in Bible stores. It's it's often this um, feel-good story. And when I hear the word story... And I'll give you a very specific example. I use this as a middle school principal when reality hit me in the face. I quit saying, don't tell, that, don't tell the story. I, I began saying with 12 to 14-year-olds, that is a lie, and that is the truth. Because the story is this fictitious thing that like makes you feel good, but it, it really may not be the truth. Okay? Right. So most stories from the Bible that we grew up learning in Sunday school made us feel good they always made the human being in the story almost seem flawless okay when you tell a story most people will tell you that you need to have like a a, con- a hero a mm-hmm. conflict and a resolution 100%. that the hero solves yep you know and i think th- this is the piece and the connection i want to make so we know adam and eve eat from the tree of the forbidden fruit they then know that they're naked and they're shameful and all these things occur, okay? So from that point forward, Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He, being man and woman, shall bruise the serpent's head and the serpent is going to bruise their heel, which means from that point forward, from Genesis all the way to the last chapter and verse in Revelation, the reality is is that sin is real. But the other reality is is that God has such a deep desire to have a relationship with each of us that he keeps working through flawed human beings over and over and over and over again to have the opportunity to allow us to choose a relationship with him. So Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, and then you got all this stuff in the middle, which we're living right now. We're in the middle. You know, some people say we're closer to the end. Some people say we're not, you know, whatever. The reality is, is all of those things in the middle are tied to sin, and he is the answer, and he's Alpha and the Omega. So I'm going to jump from Genesis to Revelation. Okay, because every answer is in the Bible, guys. And this is a, an astounding truth that I keep relearning daily. Okay, it is in his word. He gave it all to us. It's right there with us. So start with Revelation 20, 10. And the devil, that serpent, or some form of that devil, you know, same, same uh, body or mind, however you want to say it, had deceived them and was thrown into the lake of fire and suff- sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Guys, the victory is already won. Literally, it's won if we know him. Now, I want to say this too, because I said if we know him, because we have that free will that Adam and Eve had. They could have lived in God's image forever, 
and never known sin. But they didn't. So from there forward, I want you to go to every character in the Bible you know in every Bible story. And parents, if you're out there listening, I, I, I urge you, I implore you, I challenge you to tell the truth about what those Bible stories say. That Adam was flawed. Eve was flawed. Abraham was flawed. Jacob was flawed. David was flawed. Jeremiah was a prophet telling everybody through God where they were flawed. Jeremiah may have saved one person in 40 years of testifying and prophesying. Nobody listened to him. Those flawed characters are the most beautiful epitome of God's love for us that we can relate to today because guess what? That's us. That's us. So last thing, and I'll open it up for y'all's thoughts. Revelation 25, 5, and 6. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. It cost us nothing other than just deciding that we want him in our life. And that's how much he loves us. And if you think about all the history of the Bible, guys, and you look at how many times he allowed flawed man to be redeemed through his loving grace, you cannot sit here today as a human being knowing Jesus and not recognize Fear is not from the Lord. It isn't. He's got it all solved. I, I really want to make a shirt that says, he knows what he's doing. Just trust him on the back. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just so hard to trust um, in the storm. Yeah. You know? You're right. Um, and you could argue that most of our life is a storm. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, of, of just not knowing. Um because we're choosing to try and figure it out all on our own. Yep. You got it. I had a buddy of mine reach out to me not too long ago. I won't tell all the story, but he listens to our podcast sometime, sometimes. And he said, uh, hey, man, I'm going through a storm. And he said, man, you know, this past year I've been living for Jesus more than I ever have. And he said, and man, it's been here lately. It's been a rough go. And I could say with confidence, brother, that means you're in the game. Yeah, you're on yeah. the court playing for the Lord. And when you're on the court playing for the Lord, the devil does not like that. And so he's got to up his game and go, how the heck can I foul this guy out mm-hmm. or injure him or make him think he can't take shots for Jesus? I said, that that's go to James. I send almost all my buddies going through struggles. Go to James and read what James says about struggle. So There's the answer in the Bible again. I ran it on for a while, guys, but we, you know. you know, there's a there's a level of uncertainty that we're living in in the world today. And I was talking to a, a older gentleman on the phone yesterday. And he was calling me to talk about some business stuff. He's seventy years old, and he said, "In my lifetime, there's more 
uncertainty now than I've ever seen. And I said, I, I can see how you feel that way. My thought was, and I didn't say this, my thought was, haven't we always had uncertainty? Maybe maybe the levels are higher. Since Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden right. fruit? We've always been uncertain about what's going to happen on this earth. And if we, he was making business decisions based on, or not making business decisions based on uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, his point was, hey, I don't like, I don't have a lot of time left. I can't afford to Be take wrong. some take some risk, and I, I can't get back from it. And I, I, I understand this point, but I guess it goes back to how do we view uncertainty. Well, the thing that just jumped in my head when you said that, Shane, is we have a we have a choice that the devil doesn't want us to recognize as a choice, but we have the choice to live in the the certainty that God's already promised, or we have a choice yeah. to live in the uncertainty that the devil's trying to get us to believe. There's a lot of that. There's a lot, and we man, it's it'd be it's easy to get stuck in that in that circle of uncertainty. It is. I mean. As Christians, we have to constantly be. I, I am, I am someone who needs to regurgitate the truth often. I need to regurgitate the truth often. I need to hear it often, um, and and it's just because, just like Brandon said in the beginning, the convolution in our heads. And in the way that that our minds work, le- we're thinking about so many different things, and we've got so many different, um, you know, challenges or things to do. Or, I mean, what whatever it is, it's filling up our heads with things that can create uncertainty. And I have to constantly, you know, think Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, plans for hope and a future. You know, plans for goodness, you know, and not harm. That's what that verse says. Plan, I have plans for good, not harm. Plans for hope and a future. I mean, you, you, if you're a Christian and you choose to believe the words in the Bible and that every single one of them are true, you have to you have to believe that verse and and in those uncertain times i have to go to that verse sometimes daily mm-hmm. because 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 life will take a a spin on me mm-hmm. and and i'm like well that wasn't the plan and then it's like well that wasn't my plan <laughs> you know and and uh-huh. and and i have to tell myself that every day and yeah. and um and it's it's difficult, but it's also it it takes the uncertainty out of my life and it gives me some hope, you know. And so it's like, where where are you getting your hope from? Mm. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, you think about uh, that little girl that you told us about that had that perfect Webster's de- uh, definition, right? You know, what is faith? It's things we can't see, you know, and. And I'm all, I've been reminded a lot lately of Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, which pairs perfectly with what you just uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. 
The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. The things that have been revealed are in the Bible. We sometimes get the ability, not the ability, God sometimes allows us to see his sovereignty like you're talking about, Obi, where you do that thing that you thought was your thing that you thought was his thing and it really wasn't. Right. And you got to go left when you want to go right. And then you get five years down the road left and you go, God, you love me so much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh, you love me more than I even can fathom because I'm an idiot. Yes. If I'd have gone right right there, oh, my goodness. But, you know, but, but for all those people that are, that, are, that are turning that don't know which way to turn right now, mm-hmm. you know, they're, mm. they're in that moment of uncertainty, right? Yeah. And that's what your 70-year-old friend you were talking about, you know, uh, was saying, I think, is we've got so many people that they don't know which way to turn. And, and how much of that is um, self-inflicted? You know, we were just ha- we were having a business conversation, right? right? This right. is not about his faith, so right. and I'm re- we're relating it to to faith yeah. things. But how much of that is self inflicted? And what I mean by that, Brandon, the the example you gave earlier was a child. Remember when you were seven years old? How did how did the world look to you? Simple, very simple. It was clear, like you said. Now, understand that a seven-year-old little girl that when her friends mean to her at school, she comes home and that may ruin her day. And as an adult, we're like, "Uh, you know, I understand what you're going through, but in our heads, it's like, it's not a big deal. But is a a seven-year-old coming home from school because a little mean punk Mm -hmm. brat, you know, ruined their day the same now as it was when we were seven years old? Is it the same? I, you know, I, I don't know if I can answer that question. I uh, don't think it is, man. I, I, I think there's I, different I, levels. I think that there's different. Le- I think I do. I think it's. I think. Don't get me wrong. A seven year old getting their feelings hurt is still a seven year old getting their feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I mean, I'm not trying to make right. this crazy. Yes. Uh, but to me, there's just more evil seven year olds than there was then. <laughs> well, yeah. let's let's you know. go back to the beginning. Do we think there's more uh, more people leaning into Jesus or less, less nowadays? I, I think it. I think it's less. I, I think um, it's less too. So then, and, then that answers your question. Yes, I think. Uh, what do you think? I think that there is definitely less Jesus, and as the foundation of households, mm-hmm. which directly relates to the crumbling of the godly family structure which permeates through all other organizations that our kids are in. I think that the Christian leaders and the men who would like to, and the men and women um, who would like to be Christian leaders in our, in our world that we live in right now are recognizing that truth. And the truth is that there are less households that are raising their kids in a Christian home and teaching them the biblical principles, the literal instruction book that we have for life, and that that's what's leading to these kids, that, that my, to my feeling of a seven-year-old's different now. And maybe they're not different. Maybe there's just a lot more of, of the ones that are, are not being taught the right things. Yeah. And I think that those leaders are, are, are in pretty well agreeance with that. 
and it's creating a somewhat of a spiritual awakening in that regard. Um, that's 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 my belief and my prayer is that we've got we've got this awakening going on that is going to trickle down, and my prayer is that it changes the family dynamic in, in, in our country and in the world. So I don't know. That's where it's going to have to start. Yeah. 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 Right. It's, it's got to start in our homes where we have the most influence and then before it starts in our homes, it's got to start in our hearts. Yep. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, you know, we talk a lot about what the Bible says and we, we want to lead people to the Lord. We don't lead people to the Lord, but we plant seeds and then the Lord does the work on their heart. But what's some actionable advice from today? Well, if you're a believer, Start prioritizing the time you spend with Jesus somehow. Now, a lot of people go, well, I, I can't do this or I can't do that. The reality is is that we all have 24 hours in a day, and we either say we can't or we make it a priority. I don't have enough time as an excuse because we all have the same amount of time every 24 hours unless Jesus takes us soon. Okay, so the reality is is what are your priorities? And it's that simple. I, I, that hurts. I, it hurts me to say it. Because I'm, I'm holding myself accountable here when I say this. Exactly. Uh, but the reality is, is what is your priority? And, you know, for those that maybe are struggling in their Christian walk or that maybe you don't believe in Jesus. I mean, maybe, or maybe you do and you're just at a, at a point of trying to figure out whether to turn left or right, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, I would, you hear you hear guys, you hear, you know, maybe your friend that's trying to lead you to the Lord. Well, God, the victory's already been won. You know, we said that earlier. The victory's already been won. God knows the plans that he has for you. You know, we we can lead them to James, you know, and we've got to keep doing that. We've got to, we've got to keep leading them with understanding that you become stronger through your trial. You become stronger. God, God's equipping you in in those struggles and in those challenges in your life um but i realize that it's really easy for us as humans to think oh well, he's just telling me something he read in the bible you know uh if he was in my shoes if he was in my situation you know he he would probably be thinking the same things that i'm thinking you know yeah. and 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 i i would just say Maybe we would. Yeah, maybe. You know, right. may, maybe we doesn't, would. Doesn't change the answer. That doesn't change the answer. You know, maybe we would, and maybe I need to call Shane and tell him, and he needs to point me to James. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so we're not saying that from a heart of we 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 don't experience those same right things, and we don't have sometimes weekly, daily battles with uncertainty mm-hmm. in our lives. It's just. We, we do know the answer, and we do accept that answer when we hear it from our brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, I would just encourage you by saying that we have gone through those trials. We are going through those trials with you, and we are choosing to believe that the plan is God's plan, and it's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, the beauty is, is all those, if you really see the Bible for what it is, all those flawed characters are our easiest way to connect with how much God loves us. Yes. It makes it easy. Every single person, no matter what character, was flawed. 
some way or another in God's redemptive love always shown through. Okay. Yes. And the other thing on the actionable advice, if you don't know Jesus, this is, I'm, I say this as lovingly as, as you can possibly hear it. Your output is often equal to your input. Whatever you're putting in your brain is often creating what's coming out of your brain and your actions. So if we're spending a lot of time in situations that are unhealthy and we have the choice to remove ourselves from those or do something different over time, and a great place to start is Psalms and Proverbs. Start reading one verse a day. Find a different way to change the input and the frequency so the output can become something different. And that's seen all through the Bible. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here. I, our hope is that these discussions will lead you closer to the Lord. It's clear that when we were kids in our minds, as Brandon was giving the example earlier, that life seems simpler, that our minds are more focused on maybe things that matter. It's easier, right? They're not convoluted yet or tainted by the world. And the, the actionable advice that Brandon's talking about in your quiet time, when we talk about having a quiet time, we're talking about getting in a quiet space. But the main thing to get us back to that clear mind with the Lord and, and focusing on Him is get it, getting our minds quiet. And I think, you know, that's one thing that I may have had a misconception on is that if we want to clear it up, we got to quiet it down and focus on one thing. Again, thanks for joining us today. Go kick the day in the face, and we'll catch you on the next one. 